you're going to love this. You know Joan of Arc, the national heroine of France? She was the peasant girl who in the early 1400s, acting under divine guidance, led the entire French army in this momentous victory during the Hundred Years' War. And she became a heroine of her compatriots, and she's credited later with awakening the French national consciousness. How cool is that? So here's a quote from Joan of Arc. One life is all we have, and we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. Welcome to the Modern Creative Woman, exploring the art and science of creativity. I'm your hostess and creativity expert, Dr. Amy Bacos. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful friends. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know you have a lot of podcast options, and I so appreciate that you took the time to spend with the Modern Creative Woman. And I want to give a special shout out to the women and men who've given five-star ratings for the podcast. I appreciate you so much. This is how we get the word out to other women that there are easy and fun ways to create our lives just the way we like them. Now, last week in the episode 13, I gave you a broad sweeping overview about how people change using the trans-theoretical model of change as an overview, and if you have yet to listen to episode 13, I encourage you to go back and do that, because today we're going to get really granular about how we learn a behavior, and I'll give you some information about unlearning a behavior. First, the bad news. You cannot unlearn a behavior. Once you've learned something, you know it. As they say, once you've learned how to ride a bike, you just know how to ride a bike. Once you learn how to speak a second or a third language, you might forget some of it if you have little opportunity to use it. And maybe you've just forgotten some of your language because you're out of practice, but you didn't unlearn it. We would describe this as forgetting from lack of use, but we would never say that you unlearned it. Now, perhaps you learned a very unhelpful strategy to fit in in your family. And if so, welcome to the club. We all need to create an approach for getting by in our families growing up, and we create strategies. So, for example, we want to survive that process of growing up, and we want to fit in with our family. And this might be people-pleasing so that people wouldn't bother you too much, or maybe you became a person who was always worrying or taking care of other people so your parents didn't fall apart. Maybe you learned to try and be invisible, to not have needs, or avoid expressing your wishes. I think a lot of us women work very hard to become our imaginary version of a good girl to fit in and please our family. And many of us feel like a failure in this department. And some of us rebel against the idea of trying to be good. A lot has been written about this, and many a Hollywood movie highlights this contrast the tension between being a good girl or a bad girl, as if we were one or the other. Does any of this sound familiar? Listen, there's nothing wrong with us when we start relying on these complex strategies to get by in our childhood. In fact, it means we're quite clever and flexible, and we also desire some kind of connection. 
These are all really good things. And these strategies work until they don't. And then we need to update. We have to update our strategies constantly. It's like updating our computers or our phones. Sometimes we fix a few bugs here and there, and occasionally we need a real creative reinvention. Sometimes we rely on a strategy so long that we become unable to see it for what it is. We become fused with the approach, believing that it's mandatory. And when we apply the same strategy to all our relationships or all our problems, we are becoming inflexible. We all know people who they, they get called on. They want to please people. They're invited to do some extra projects at work or in the family. And these are people who always say yes. And they, they have an idea that if they can please another person, then they'll be safe or well-liked. But that's just their own version of events, and nobody else has made that agreement with them. It leads to this inflexibility, and it's evident when we keep using that same approach in every relationship. So for the people pleaser, it becomes completely exhausting, and it feels impossible to get out of since thoughts are fused. We can't even come up with a new way of thinking about relationships. We just can see something's not working. Now, it might be that you grow up or you go to therapy, you realize things aren't working. You might work with a creativity coach and you start to learn. And you might have experienced a concept called creative hopelessness. Now, creative hopelessness is better than it sounds. It's a point when we realize that our efforts to control our thoughts or our circumstances are futile. But then that hopelessness is really kind of that mucky fertilizer out of which grows our creativity. And sometimes we can't start to get creative until we reach that spot of real hopelessness. And it's not about ourselves. The hopelessness is about using these strategies that just don't work anymore. Now this month inside the Modern Creative Woman membership, we are talking all about fresh starts and how to use that awareness of creative hopelessness to really fuel your personal change. It's a powerful tool in acceptance and commitment therapy. And you can kind of utilize your suffering as a direction indicator, like a compass, of where you want to go, and then how you can orient to a new approach or a new strategy. If you spend enough time inside the modern creative woman or working with an excellent therapist or coach you get new strategies to get your needs met that are healthy such as recognizing your desires and needs utilizing assertive behavior and strategies for living your authentic life back to learning or unlearning as i said before the bad news is you simply cannot unlearn old coping strategies what you can do is learn new ways of communicating, being, thinking, acting. And here's a really helpful way to think about this. You learn that your first thought, your automatic knee-jerk reaction, is the one that you are socialized to think. And when you become more psychologically flexible, you can start to move past those initial thoughts into your authentic voice. And this is a lifelong process, moving closer and closer to our authentic voice. So when you have these new strategies in your behavior repertoire, you start practicing and making a few shifts and changes, and you start to rely and even act less on these original socialized behavior. 
It's the process of moving then to the second thought that is so powerful. So this is how we, for example, move past our socialization, racism, sexism, ableism, ageism, homophobia. Practicing cultural humility helps us recognize that we don't have to believe and act on our first socialized thoughts. And in fact, we can and should learn new ways of thinking and behaving without relying on, you know, old-fashioned discrimination and bias that we learned from society, politics, the media. So think of it this way. Those first thoughts are what we were trained to think, and our second and third thoughts are really what we've created to be our own authentic voice. It's my dream to help women create and use that authentic or second voice to inspire their actions. Has this ever happened to you? You're feeling good about your new changes, your meditation practice, your assertive voice, your newfound pleasures of self-care, and then wham, the old strategies come back with vengeance. This is a relapse or regression that I mentioned in episode 13 when talking about that trans-theoretical model of change. This is part of the change process. It's kind of a required part of the process. It's the day we slip, we take three steps back, or we seem to be acting without conscious intent, just using our old patterns. Sometimes we even feel like we're in a fog, just repeating the old behaviors, saying the old, same old things. They arise when something pushes your button. Essentially, you're having a reaction. Whatever happens on the outside, you have some thought that gives you some agitation. Maybe you're home for the holidays. That's a popular time. Maybe someone says something and it just kind of reminds you of family dynamics. Perhaps you have some kind of bodily memory and your first instinct is to respond with old behaviors. Maybe you get quiet, you get mad, you get inappropriately funny, or you try and figure out what that person wants and try and meet their needs. You discover that you actually didn't unlearn that behavior. It's still there. I wonder if you ever felt like you failed somehow. When you have a reminder or a negative reaction or some old behavior rears its head, you might lash out, fight with your sibling, get quiet, hold in your opinion, eat all the cookies at the family holiday table. A lot of times the women I counsel and coach think that they've lost all their progress, and I want to keep reminding you that is simply not true. That regression is just part of how we learn to really commit to the changes we want. And the contrast between what we want in our new behaviors and our old familiar behaviors is really important to notice in those moments when we slip back. So I have my three tips for you. You knew they were coming about how to make change a little bit easier. So number three, learning from our foremothers. Really studying women who've come before you in your family and in history. You can read women-authored books see movies produced by women, that little change in your perspective, if you're used to seeing films and reading books that adopt a more masculine lens, this shift can inspire us to see things just a little differently and start to value our intuition, our instincts, and perhaps feminine ways of knowing and doing. My number two suggestion is to create a flexible relationship with your thoughts. For those of you inside the Modern Creative Woman membership, you know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) 
I'm talking about recognizing the reality of thoughts. Remember, they're just a biological process with the goal of keeping you alive. When we're thinking a thought, it does not make it come true or bright or be real. We might be thinking of a fact, but the thought itself is not a fact. It's not true or false. It's just a thought. Now, if I ask you to think of a really cute little cuddly puppy, your thought is not a puppy. It's just the biological process in your mind of associating the word puppy to your image of a small, playful dog who's young. So try and hold that dog idea in your head and begin to reflect on your own thoughts. Remember those first thoughts? The ones that maybe say you're not good enough or something's wrong or you can't? Those are just thoughts. You can create a really loving and hospitable space inside your brain to accept those thoughts without believing them or acting on them. And that's really the hallmark of psychological flexibility. And my number one suggestion is to stretch your brain. Really practice new ways of thinking as often as you can. Now, you surely heard suggestions about brain health. Try new things, learn a language, play some challenging games, have a hobby. But I would add to this list and put it at the top to create art. Not for the sake of making quality art. This is for the purpose of knowing yourself and laying down new neural pathways. Being open to your art looking truly terrible and making it anyway is so much fun. And art is a lifelong companion. The more you create, the more creativity you get. And you can learn so many new ways to do things in your own style when you spend time creating. Once you learn your way, you can begin to move away from those socialized thoughts into your more authentic voice. And again, that authentic voice evolves over time. We don't suddenly reach our authentic voice. We're always practicing using it. So now that you know, what will you create? And before you go, if perhaps you're tired of trying and failing to make lasting change, I want to say there's nothing wrong with you. You've perhaps just not learned the tools for success that work for you. And if you want to make lasting change and keep it once and for all, I really want to invite you to join me next month inside the Modern Creative Woman membership. It's an incredible month of online workshops where you get the benefit, of course, from expert training, but you get tools that you can use for the rest of your life that are all about the art and science of creativity and how to make lasting change. So naturally in September, we're focusing on fresh starts and how you can make a change for good without all the judgment and struggle. I want to personally invite you to join me and a group of really incredible women inside the membership. You can find the link in the show notes or head on over to arttherapycentersf.com and enroll for the month or get some generous discounts when you enroll for the year. Have a wonderful week and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. And hey, come join me and the Modern Creative Woman on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Dr. Amy Bacos. You can be a gold star sponsor of the podcast. Simply find the link in the show notes and sponsor our community for as little as $3 a month. If you'd like to support in other creative ways, you can be an ambassador and share the podcast link with three of your friends. And you can be a community supporter by leaving a radio. Have you gotten your copy of the five values of the modern creative woman yet? Hop on over to arttherapycentersf.com and get on the mailing list. 
and you'll get your free copy.